0: We're living in uh, momentous times. For many years, economists have struggled to really make forecasts, and we've seen the evidence of the failure to do that, simply because the previous models from which they would make economic forecasting are defunct. They they no longer work. Now we've got a situation where you have the governor of the Bank of England talking about the worst economic situation uh, since the Depression or worse than the Depression. Uh, Eurozone in utter crisis. American economy staggering. Staggering. Slowing, questioning of double dip recessions and things like that. Our own economy weak, even the Chinese growth rate uh, of their economy slowing down. What an exciting time to be alive. Eh? What a great time. We could go on and on about what's happening health service crumbling. Housing situation, getting worse. I mean, what a great time to be the people of God. To be the people who live from a different life source. Who have the opportunity to be tuned in to a whole different wavelength. To be a people who, not in a material sense, but a people who, who flourish in a famine of people who actually show light in a time of darkness. And equips us with with things so so simple and yet so amazing. And in this series that we've been doing where we've been looking at who am I in Christ and what is God like uh, you recall that we've we've really Wanted not to just skip over the things that we all know and can say so easily, but to actually live in the reality and the experience of that. That's why we've taken time and gone back over things and shared together. And there's been a break of a few weeks, but in the particular aspects that I was picking up, the, uh, in Christ I gained love and acceptance and forgiveness. We looked at love, we looked at acceptance, this week we want to look at forgiveness Uh, which again, amazingly, one of the most powerful forces in the universe. So this is not a teaching. If you're making notes, I suggest you just make notes of things that that kind of stand out to you. It's not a structured teaching. We can do teaching on this whenever. But this is really so that we might enter in and share together. And again, this morning, I'm going to ask you uh, to join in and be part of it. And to be ready to share, we'll do it in a group setting again so everybody has the opportunity. What does it feel like? Because this is body, soul and spirit. This is not just a mental ascent. What does it feel like to be forgiven? What was your experience of coming in to forgiveness? We'll come to that in a bit. I'm just telling you that now so that you can be kind of gearing up towards that and interpreting the things that I'm going to say to help us prepare for that, uh, to interpret it in that particular direction. I was interested to see, I don't know how long ago, because I don't have the date of it, but um, in a national newspaper a while ago, there was a, an article that uh, talked about uh, funding that had been given uh, to a university. Uh, to research on the issue of forgiveness. Um, and uh, as a result, there was a, a course that was, that was carried out. Uh, and they were working on the basis that forgiving can be good for your health. Now, you know, we know that, we say that, but this is, this is something from a completely secular source. Holding a grudge, it said, leads to illnesses ranging from common colds to heart disease because of all the stored-up anger and stress. Now, I'm not an expert at that. I'm just telling you what it said in this in this article. Uh, basically, it was the University of Central Lancashire, and they came up with the conclusion that there was uh, a link between our emotions and our immune system. Uh, it's interesting isn't it because we probably actually believe that that's true uh, and uh, there may be those of you with much more knowledge of this than I have that could could further that, that idea but it was interesting because see, in this article in the National Newspaper it went on to, to list a number of things in the and this is remember not, not, there's nothing to do with the scriptural thing this is the this is a, a, a Daily Express, actually. It was the Daily Express. Um, and uh, I was very intrigued when I saw this. Uh, things to help. Ten steps. They called it ten steps to freedom. But some of them are a bit weird. But stop excusing, um, pardoning or rationalizing. Pinpoint the actions that you're struggling with that have hurt you or whatever it may be. Spend time thinking of ways in which your life will be more satisfying if you let go of your grievances. I, mean, I was just amazed that this is coming uh, from a completely different uh, source. Uh, become more aware that you have needed other people's forgiveness in the past. Make resolution not to pass on one's own pain. And so on and so forth. Uh, in Hebrews, it talks about how much more, therefore, can we, should we, um, what was true under the old covenant, how much more <laughs> under the new covenant can we expect to live in a, in a great release. Well, what have, what have we got in this? Um, Who am I in Christ? I'm forgiven. I, it's it's as simple as that. Every time the enemy comes along and tries to pin something on me, it won't stick because I'm forgiven. It's been dealt with. I don't. It doesn't stop him trying, but it's dealt with. I think, um, let me just give you uh, a couple of scriptures so that you you understand something of the biblical significance of it. Jeremiah 31 talks about forgiving our sins, and this is God speaking, and we'll remember them no more. God's forgiveness goes way beyond ours. Once God has forgiven us, you realize as far as he's concerned, it never, ever even happened. We, st- we try and say, you know, Lord, that's sin. He said, what, what are you talking about? He, he's basically, sovereignly, chosen to wipe the thing out. There's so no account held against us. Chosen to remember it no more. Micah 7 talks about being buried in the depth of the sea. Uh, Psalm 103 talks about as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sin from us. What I want us to just kind of come in on this morning, before we come to share together on it, is this tremendous power. I pick it up again from what Andy was bringing and that picture that no matter how strong the liar there's something more powerful than what appears that can actually come forth and spring forth and will come forth and spring forth. And that's what we're, we're dealing with. A power that's that's greater certainly greater than the power of resentment or revenge? I tend to read um, sometimes when I'm on a plane or something like that I can read something that's worth reading, you know, it's valuable but if it's the middle of the night or I've already been travelling for hours. The, the mental power's not good. It's never good at the best of times, you know. For which many of you would bear witness readily. But. So I read these sort of novels, so kind of mystery, you know, detective, legal crime things. I never know what I've read. I, I read it, it keeps me amused for a bit. I'm Films don't really achieve that very much, so it keeps me out of mischief for a bit. And then uh, I'd like to just throw it away, but I live under an authority that doesn't easily throw things away. So if you come down Abador Road one day and you find that our house has fallen over, it's because it's got top-heavy with all these books stored somewhere up the top. You know. What amazes me and I actually pick it up in films as well when I do watch them, is how much of what is communicated, what is churned out, is based on the satisfaction of getting your own back. The satisfaction of (coughs) resentment. So much so that it gets you in the story wanting the perpetrator wanting the person to kill the perpetrator to so that and get away with it it, 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 it has that sort of effect on you it, because it actually it actually tunes into something that is in us it's called the flesh that wars against the spirit and I find it, it's happening to me I want I want them yeah get them back and kill them and Whatever it may be, or and then and then to get off because it was, it was okay because it was just done under the basis of revenge. And what struck what strikes me is how how common a theme that is uh, in a lot of the the popular novels and. Um, books and films and that sort of thing and there's no doubt about it we see in the real world uh, the issue of revenge is very powerful we're seeing it in Liberia no what do you say not Liberia, Libya we've seen it in Liberia but in Libya at the moment it's a very powerful motivating force What I'm wanting for us to understand is God has ordained that the power of forgiveness is even stronger than that. It's a power that completely overcomes and changes situations, and more particularly, if it's us that's wielding it, it overcomes and changes something in us of a fundamental nature. You realize that we've learned we seek to learn from all those that God has given us, but in the course of time, Richard Cole uh, was used of God to teach us many things I remember i can 't think of the detail now, but for some reason we'd called together he had so many contacts and things like that even in this country, and we were having a meeting in Holborn in what think was called City Temple and it was either during or just after the Civil War and it was it always I always remember it because we nearly had a riot on our hands because this wasn't just like a you know some Christians coming together this was a lot of people connected either refugees from Sierra Leone or that had family there we suddenly realized that we were giving a, 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 an environment, a platform for those two opposing forces. There ought to be revenge. They ought to be punished. This, uh, this, we can't let off this. Um, the rebels have got to be hung, drawn, and quartered, etc., and etc. Et on the one hand, and the power of forgiveness on the other hand, and some of these things experientially but they're formative you you know you never forget it and there's richard and i kind of somehow found ourselves in the middle of what was likely to develop into a full scale you know what you west african guys are like you know you know that you 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 have the ability to what shall i say express yourselves in an uninhibited way. You've not got English disease, you know. And it was very, very interesting to see the the, the very strong power in both things, strong arguments. Of course, we know that the strongest is the power of forgiveness. Likewise, when I think before that, I was walking just, I can, you know, some of these things I can actually see where I was at the time. I was walking just outside uh, the boys' home, the school in Contola, up that little road there. And I think it may have been about the first time when the, when the boys had been gathered in that place. And I said, I'd been round and seen what was happening, that sort of thing, and realised that you've got these... Boy soldiers, remember those that have been involved in the killing and mutilating, and those that have been orphaned as a result of the boy soldiers, not only in the same place, but sleeping in the same room. And I was walking up the road, and at this little road, and I said, said to Richard, Surely, Richard, that must produce some very real tensions and issues. You've got those two peoples groups in the same place and he turned to me and he was he was on the left of me and he turned to me and he put his he's put his hand on my on my left arm and he said john have you heard about the power of forgiveness and i thought wow yeah i've heard about the power of forgiveness i've experienced the power of forgiveness but i've never seen it being worked out in such a practical, real, and dramatic way as this. See, God has empowered us in this darkened world with things which he wants us to live in, and as we live in the fullness of it, we become shining lights. Or if you want to use another biblical expression, arrows, fiery arrows of the Lord's deliverance. We actually are raised up to show a different way. You say, but, but, you know, we're just one here and one there. Yeah, like a grain of salt. Remember he talked about being the salt of the earth. Actually, it's a very little that can have a very profound effect. I do not know what on earth God was doing when he said that he would raise up a people that would change that nation and that we would be involved in that it makes no sense but you know guys if I am trying to make sense of God I might as well pack up now and go home because I've not been equipped to make sense because I've got a finite mind I can't comprehend I can't understand I can't get into the mind of God I cannot comprehend why the creator of the universe should send his one and only son to die on the cross for somebody like me. I can never get my head around that. We're talking about a power of forgiveness which which goes beyond comprehension but can be experienced and lived in and in fact can affect the whole world. That's what we're talking about. That's who I am in Christ. Somebody that's forgiven that carries an immutable force that carries a seed of something which is so powerful, so strong, that it actually negates all the other issues. It cuts through. It changes. It doesn't just change me. It changes others that I come into contact with. It causes me to be able to live in a certain way. But it starts with me living in the joy of the enemy comes. And he will. And he does. But he can't get me. Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. And you know where Christ is? Christ is in me. I share in the same thing. He can attack, but there's something that he cannot get. Of course, I'm never talking about trying to sort of slide around things, I'm talking about facing things. So, this is not about excusing or trying to defend or justify. It's not about covering up, it's about confessing. David, in Psalm 51, gave the example when he said, Lord, against you, and against you only have I sinned. There's no excuse. There's no justification. And you know what, guys? The moment we enter into anything of excuse or justification or defense, we lose the plot right there. It has to be, I stand before God needing his forgiveness. I choose in the same way as I receive that to also give that. I can do it, first of all, because God has empowered me to make a choice. That's the difference of being born again in the Spirit of God. I can have a choice. I can choose to forgive. I can't actually do it. I can choose to do it. I need the supernatural power of God because this is not a kind of thing that we can do naturally. We need God to do it. God empowers me. same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within me. dwells within my mortal body so this is never about there's a problem with the world we live in with this whole sort of humanistic mentality where everything is relative, there's no absolute nobody is is culpable it's you know because of my background or because of poverty or because of my parents or because mummy stuck the bottle in the wrong way around or Whatever it might be. All of that wars against what God has said. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just will forgive us. Empower us to live in the good of it. What an amazing release. What an amazing release. Released. You know, this... The power of this, I I, I want us to understand the power of this is not limited by time. It's not limited by circumstance. See, we can find things, things can come up, which go way, way back. Well, you know, I've carried this for so long; it's become part of me. But but there's no time limit on it. God hasn't said, "Well, I can only work this. I can only kind of give you this gift of forgiveness if it's within the last five years. If it predates that, it's it's too ingrained. Nothing can nothing can sh- shift it." This is this is something that can go back to the very beginning. See, this forgiveness is, it it embraces not only things that we've been forced into, things that we've been, that we've freely chosen to get into, disobedience. I mean, there is nothing that's not covered by this. And I'm not talking just about a kind of, oh, isn't it nice, I can just ask for forgiveness. I'm talking about the cleansing, releasing power of almighty God that sets us free from this. Sets us free so we can live free. So the enemy can come with all sorts of ways, but but it's like there's nothing he can get hold of. comes with memories it comes with suggestions because you remember that you remember this tries to pull up things from the past we can turn and say but God's forgiven me I'm in the clear I stand clean and pure before God himself God shines his holy light upon me and he sees the holiness of Jesus. You're a liar from the beginning. You're an ongoing deceiver and you have nothing in me. Nothing that you can get. See, this is not mind over matter. This is the absolute power of God that I get just because I'm in Christ. It's what God gives me. It's not a belief system. This is this is an ability to live differently. To live knowing I'm loved. To live knowing I'm accepted. To live knowing that I'm forgiven. Sometimes it's, you kind of want to get a bit, a bit sort of bold and bolshy with it, you know? Don't you ever feel like that? I'm forgiven, you know? I mean, in a humble sort of way, but, you know. Yeah. But it does, I mean, you can't help it. You walk tall. You're not walking like that. I'm not talking about physically, you understand. I'm talking about how you are. You're not talking, you're not walking with with a, a shame. You're walking clean. You're walking pure. You're walking because he's forgiven me. And what's it like when he forgives me? It's as though it never, ever even happened. Hmm? You're going to have to help the person next to you. They're not getting it. Can you just turn to them and say, when he forgives you, it's as though it never, ever even happened. Can you do that for me? I get so excited. Do you hear the, the Gibbons song? Praise God. Isn't he good? Isn't he good? (laughs) Cleanses us from everything. Distant past, recent past, things forced upon us, things that we've chosen, completely set free. You know, we've got to comprehend that God's God is love. His heart of love means that he actually prefers to forgive than to judge. They do both. But give him a choice and, in fact, he's made his choice. He chooses to forgive. He prefers that. You glad about that? You see it all the time. You see it in the very fact of Calvary. You see it in in the parable of the prodigal son. You know, there are some that would have given that boy a good beating when he came back. And giving him a fancy coat and a steak meal. Let him understand what he's done. Beat the snot out of him. If I don't beat him, he won't understand how bad he's been. Need some judgment on him. Parable of the prodigal. so father's out looking for him. Waiting for him. Welcome, him. prefers to forgive than to judge. We come to a God who's a just God, a righteous God, but has chosen, has preferred, has made a way primarily for our forgiveness that we be rejoined to him instead of separated from him. Basically, for the destruction of the reality and the sense of separation from God, Christ died. It's as simple as that. To destroy that separation, to destroy the reality of it, the sense of it, that we are somehow removed and God is distant. In order to deal with that, Christ died for us. You know, the enemy, the liar, the deceiver, wants us to still feel and believe that that separation from God exists. So somehow, we're always trying to get there. But God is saying the opposite. He's saying, Christ in you the hope of glory. That the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. That's who I am in Christ. The Spirit of the living God dwells in me. I'm not only forgiven, but I have the power to forgive. I can choose to live in that. Or I can choose to live in reaction and resentment and the rest of it. See, the Bible tells us that God works in us. This is God, the Spirit, working us to create the desire as well as to empower us to do his will. So you, you get into the situation and actually there's a choice. Do I react, resent, whatever, or do I forgive? does that choice come from? That choice comes from that in spite of the extreme of what may be happening, the evil of what is thrown against you, which we understand will definitely happen, that in spite of that, there's something that comes bubbling up. And it's it, it seems like a still small voice, but it's there. And it gives us a choice. That's the Spirit of God working in us, giving us that choice. We choose His way. We choose to forgive. We choose not to live in reaction, resentment. Then He empowers us to do that because it's a supernatural empowerment. You with me? It's God's Spirit working in us that creates that desire to do what he wants us to do anyway. So we've already got a head start because it's God working in us to even want us to do the thing that he wants us to do. God's work. He bore our sins, was made sin for us so that he could forgive us. Isn't it interesting when you come to think some of these things? The whole issue of Calvary and the cross. I'm sure Satan engineered it, but actually, that thing that that looked to be the greatest defeat of all time, Christ died. Of course, we now realize was the greatest victory of all time. I want to just, before we come to the groups for a second, Now I'm really wanting to, to help us grasp this. I'm not going to go deeply into this, but I want to touch on something. So, just listen in for a bit more, and then you've got to get into it and do some stuff yourself. I want to talk to you about the adventure of adversity. That which is intended for evil against us. If we respond, this is what the Bible tells us, if we respond rightly, forgiving, God will use it for good. Now, don't try and explain that. Don't, please, ask me to explain that. That is beyond comprehension. That that which is intended for evil, if we respond rightly, God will use it for our good. See, guys, this is about a walk of faith. This is not a walk of understanding. This is about choosing to trust God, choosing to believe God, choosing to go his way. And... The doctrine that we have, the belief that we have, the basis, our foundation, everything that we have is built on the fact that we make a choice and God empowers us. That's the the grace message. That we can't, but He can. That's the revelation of poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You gain something of a totally different power and life form. When you recognize that we can't, but He can. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In the issue, in the grasp of faith, these things become that are bad become redemptive, become triumphant. So, how about this? Struggle with this one for a bit. Why shouldn't you struggle with it? I struggle with it enough. I like to share my struggles. Hmm? There's a purpose in pain. God uses evil to bring about good. So I can be busily defending myself and my reputation against Dave Simmons and his fearfully, awfully bad usage of me. Ha! Did you know what Dave Simmons did to me? Can I just tell you about that Dave Simmons? I can do that. What am I doing when I do that? I'm into reaction, resentment, And I'm deflecting the very thing that God would work out in me if I go his way. If I choose to forgive, he can pour whatever he wants and God will still use it. See, we're talking here about a major growth development. (laughs) You don't feel like it. No, because we're dealing with a different kingdom. We're dealing with something different. Don't feel like it. Feels pretty grim. Not a lot of fun. Oh, what joy. Somebody else just cut me throat. I'm talking about that kind of superficial stuff. We're talking about the adventure of adversity, the development. Let me... Let me quickly give you a couple of scriptures. Ah. Where am I? Colossians 1. This is Paul talking about his adventure of adversity. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction, For the sake of his body, which is the church. Goes on to say, I become a servant by the commission of God. What on earth does that mean? Am I going Catholic? Am I now believing that I need some nasties to actually complete what Christ has done? Nah. Nah. What I'm saying is, in the process... This is what this is saying, not what I'm saying. In the process of the development of the purpose of God and the Christ likeness if i respond rightly god uses that and there's a purpose in it and god uses it for his good look it's interesting when you when you set this in context i'm reading from acts chapter 2 now verse 23 this is peter under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so God speaking through Peter, speaking about Jesus, this man was handed over to you by, by, by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. God raised him from the dead. See, look, we can't get this. Let's not even try. Let's not even try. You can't get this in here. That God knew it was part of his purpose, that the the culmination of evil as expressed in Calvary was part of God's purpose. We aren't equipped for that. But by faith... We can receive and accept God is working out what he will do. So if I'm busy, either defending myself rather than asking God's forgiveness, or failing to forgive somebody else because they jolly well need to get their comeuppance, I'm missing out on the purpose of God. God empowers us to live a different way. All right, I'll tell you what we'll do now because you've listened. And that last bit gets a little bit complicated. If you feel you can understand it better than I can explain it, I'd really appreciate you sharing that with me. I've spent a lot of time trying to get beyond understanding. But come on, let's do this now. What's it like to be forgiven? What's it like to be forgiven? What what happened? When did you come into that realization? What was it? What did it feel like? Now, look, if you're visiting or here for the first time, and you you just maybe want to sit in and listen, nobody's going to force you to to participate. But get into groups of about half a dozen and share together, and then we'll have a little feedback about what's it really like, because. I want us not to live in a belief system, but to live in the experience. Have you experienced this forgiveness? Is this something that you want to experience? Is there something that you can explain in terms of what it really feels like? Anybody here something worth repeating? Anybody here something worth repeating about what it was like to enjoy God's forgiveness or how it happened anybody hear anything no that was a total waste of time then <laughs> this is the point when you speak to me you know how patient i am yeah. because he loves you he quite enjoys forgiving you he'd prefer to do that excellent good somebody else Yeah, it's good. Very good. Very important thing, actually. When Satan comes, he says, well, "Well, no way. God's dealt with that. You're just a liar from the beginning." Yeah, which, yeah, it's no sort of like something hanging over you, ready to fall upon you. Yeah. Dave and I were just talking about an old song that we banned a long time ago. I get so excited. Every time I realize I'm forgiven. <laughs> I'm a gibbon. <laughs> but it, some of those things, yeah, I know, it wasn't the best song, but it, it does capture that sense of, well, hey, yeah, you know. Somebody else, I've got a few more things I want to say to you very briefly, and then we're going to pray. Dave. Yeah. Yeah, did you hear that? Relief and lightness, and ability to move on, like being energized instead of carrying a sort of heavy weight. Being free, Leone. Just the release and peace that comes. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody, was somebody else over there? Julie. Let me just touch on that a moment because it's a very important thing. We talk about receiving God's forgiveness. That we kind of understand. We don't always understand the power of it. But the thing that Julie was just talking about, there's a place where we not only forgive others, we not only gain God's forgiveness, but we forgive ourselves. Because, you see, the enemy would again seek to cause us to hold things. And it's the same thing, it's like we were just saying, if somebody comes, even if it's our own sort of, I don't know what you call it, internal or in turmoil thinking. It's done with. It's finished. I don't have to go there. See, that's what the Bible says about, bringing every thought into captivity. We don't have to put up with anything. The power of God. Very, very good. Right, a couple of things I want to just say, and then we'll pray. Um, when I realise I ain't so hot myself it does help me in my disposition and attitude towards forgiving others you know when I realise that I'm not perfect I do realise that you see the Bible says love your neighbour as yourself we've got to Get this thing dealt with. We've got to realize not so hot God's forgiveness. And then we can love because we've forgiven ourselves. We recognize God's done it. It's not about me being better than somebody else. But God's done it. Love our neighbor as ourselves. See, let me just say once again how this works He is in me, in you. The Spirit of God is in us. So, therefore, there's a sense in which we're in each other because we're the members of his body. So, this thing of of the enemy trying to put a separation is so utterly contrary to the plan of purpose and the working through of God. That's why he can command the blessing when brethren dwell together in unity. I'm just touching on some of these things. Probably need to be enlarged a bit at a later date. Ah, what about this one? Forgot this one. <coughs> Don't think you handled that very well, God. Actually, if I'd have been you, I would have dealt with that one differently, God. I think you could have given me a better deal, God. Hmm? Forgiving God. You say, oh, how audacious. Or some other word. Basically letting go. Forgiving God might be the wrong expression, but submitting to the fact that whatever, if I respond rightly, God will still use it in my development. So rather than holding any resentment or argument about the way God performed in a given situation, being prepared to let that go. (coughs) Excuse me. Let me finish up with this. Forgiveness, whether it's given or received, is the very opposite position to feeling sorry for myself. If I'm in self-pity, by the way, which is just slightly removed from bitterness... You know, on a coin, you've got heads one side and tails the other. Well, think of it like this: you've got self-pity on one side and bitterness on the other. Feeling sorry for myself is not consistent with either receiving God's forgiveness or forgiving others, or, oh, in fact, of all the things we've talked about around forgiveness. Have a little check, Holy Spirit of God. Is there any self-pity there? I need to forgive or to be forgiven or to gain your forgiveness, whatever it might be. Finally, I'm talking forgiveness. I'm not talking this cultural thing where we say, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, pal. That's cultural. It's not biblical. Will you forgive me? Requires a response. Please forgive me. Requires a response. You're asking to receive something. Something to be released towards you. Let's pray. Who I am in Christ. I'm forgiven. If today you are wanting to move deeper or to know God's forgiveness and are prepared to submit to him and indeed to forgive others that may have sinned against you I would like to pray I want to pray for those of you that want to know God's forgiveness either know it like you've never known it before know it for the first time or move deeper into it. I'd like to pray for you now. If you want me to pray for you, just show me now that you want me to pray for you. Okay. Anybody else? Lord, as we lift our hands before you, we ask that you would confirm your word with signs following. That you would release in the power of the Holy Spirit a new measure of the gift of forgiveness. That from this time, together, this day, there should be a walking out in a new measure of freedom, of lightness, of joy, of peace. That the power of release should come upon each one of my brothers and sisters right now. The discovery of what it is to walk tall in you the freedom from every accusation of the enemy, the peace that comes knowing that there's no separation between us and you. Lord, in Christ, we know we're forgiven. Let that knowledge become the reality, the experience, the deepening experience of each one of my brothers and sisters, right at this time, as they make this transaction before you, as they open up this request to receive from you. We ask now, Lord, for the cleansing power, the releasing power, the confirming power of your great forgiveness, that they may indeed be able to defeat the lies of the enemy, to be completely removed from this separation from you and from others and the power of your might. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you want prayer specifically, the team is here. If you'd like someone to stand with you in the light of what you've just done, Again, that's an opportunity to come forward. If you have questions, you're free to ask them. Let's fellowship together.